Hello, I'm Hannah Bushbaum, co-founder of The W Source. You're listening to The W Wisdom Series. The W Source is an exclusive network of female professionals and service providers who are interested in growing their referral network and their businesses. The Wisdom Series is a forum to hear from the experts within our membership. To learn more about how you can benefit from connecting with professional women across the nation, visit thewsource.com. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah Bushbaum, co-founder and Santa Barbara chapter head of The W Source. You're listening to The W Wisdom Series, and today's episode is The Many Reasons Why Women Need to Plan for a Long Life, with Dina Mabry, principal of BGA Insurance. For those of you that are new to learning about the W Source, the W Source is an exclusive network of female professionals and service providers who are interested in growing their referral network and their business. The W Wisdom Series is a forum to hear from the experts within our membership. To learn more or how you can benefit from connecting with us, please feel free to visit the WSource.com. But I am so excited because today we are joined by Dina Mabry. Dina is a member of our Westlake Village chapter in California. Dina is a principal at BGA and Premier Insurance. And for over 11 years, although her age does not show on her webcam, she has been protecting individuals, families, and businesses with life and long-term care insurance. Dina's passion is talking to women about living a long life, something we all need to consider and preserving their independence when older. Great words there. Dina also acts as a resource for professionals like yourselves to navigate the insurance world. Dina, welcome so much. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you, excited to be here. It's such a great topic. Fantastic. As part of this experience, as we have in our past three episodes, I wanna hear a little bit about you and how you came to join the W Source. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Sure. Perfect. Our first one is share with us how you came to be a member of the W Source. You know, I came to be a member of the W Source because I was working with a female financial advisor and she kept telling me about this great networking group that she was involved in. And at the time, I have to admit, I said, I don't need another networking group because I was involved in so many. And she kept telling me how different the W Source was. So she convinced me to come try it out. And it was so different. The moment I walked in the room, it was just so different. And I joined on the spot. That's awesome. What's something you've learned from joining the W Source? You know, I've learned that the, the, well, first of all, the power of a woman's referral is a lot greater than a, than a man's referral. Women are just so passionate about referring and building up each other. So I've learned that that power of that network really can go a long way. With your centers of influence and being in a group of people that are very like-minded and want to build a team. That's been huge. And I was, like I said, I was involved in other networking groups for many years in the past. This was just different joining the W Source. And I've been very, very um, deliberate about guesting at other chapters too. We have three in my local area, as well as I've been reaching out to members of other chapters up in Northern California, as well as I have a daughter who goes to school in a different state. So I've reached out to those chapter members. And everybody's just so welcome. You say I'm from the W Source, and everybody jumps right on the phone. It's been great. Yeah, I found that too. It's so great when you say, hey, I'm a fellow member of the W Source. It's not a cold call anymore. It's not even close to a cold call. It's not even lukewarm or tepid. It's it's really just, oh, so great to hear from you. How can we connect? How can we touch base? Yeah. So that's been a I'll fun. I'll tell you a funny story. My son goes to school up north and I something so simple is he needed a haircut. And so I reached out to the W Source chapter member up in San Jose and she referred me to a hair stylist to help out my son. 
and it was great. That's awesome. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, that, those things fall into the category of how we can help our male colleagues, family members, et cetera, really connect yes. and grow. <laughs> yes. So funny. What's your favorite way to connect for your monthly one-on-one -on -one or build a deeper relationship with somebody within your group or the groups you visited? You know, I'm a big fan of the afternoon coffee. I, I always found that that morning coffee, we're all sort of there, but sort of not there because we're planning our day and we've got to get going. So I love that afternoon coffee when things are just a little bit more casual. We, there's a couple members, we're going to go on a hike and we're going to do some things like that. And we're just trying to calendar it out. I think tax season and just life is but I'm a good, I like the afternoon hour coffee. Good connection. That's good to know. All right. Well, All right. I'm going to turn it over to you. I think you have a great story to tell us right off the bat about how you've helped in your own world, um, us all, your family plan for a long life. Um, we'll be back for questions and answers. So we'll start out a little personal. This is sort of my family story. And I call it 50, 70, 90 because that's really what it is. So this is my family and I'm there with my all tied around my waist and I turned 50 last year. My mother is to the far right and she turned 70 and then little Nani is 90 and she's there in the center. And these are my kids and my sister and you know when you turn 50 you sort of you're not as worried about if you die prematurely. You're more worried about living a long life and one thing that I've realized is that we, living a long life can impact an entire family. It impacts siblings, it impacts children, it impacts the entire family. It's not just one person. So little Nani turned 85 and she could no longer live in her home. And so her mobile home had to be sold and she didn't have very much money except for that home. And so then mom had to step in to help her get into a nursing home, um, an assisted living facility. And what we found in that whole dynamic of this change of Nani needing help is it affected, it affected mom, her name is Kathy, and it affected me, and it was going to affect our kids. And we all rallied together and had a conversation about how to best do this. Mom and dad had just recently sold a business and bought a motorhome, so they were ready to go travel and get out on the road when Nani needed care. So then, of course, they turned to me, being the oldest daughter, and said, well, can you help out? And I have my three kids, and so I'm busy doing college applications and raising them. And so we all were a little um, concerned about the best way to take care of Nani. What ended up happening is Nani went into an assisted living facility, and she spent her money very quickly, within one year. And now my mom has to pay for Nani, which is about $6,000 a month for care. And Nani is now 90 and she's doing amazing. She's very well taken care of, has three square meals a day, and she's probably going to live for a long time. We kind of joke in our family that Nani's going to see 100. But living's expensive. And the dynamics that happened in our family, too, were that now mom turned to her brother to say, can you help? And he would not help. So now there's a rift between them. And there's just different things that have happened in our family. And when I, when I really am living this and talking about this, I talk about the power of planning, planning and figuring out how to live a long life, but then also have your independence. So the good news and the bad news. The good news is most of us are going to live a long life. But the bad news is most of us are going to live a long life because living is expensive. And people really hate to think about bad things happening to them. So they sort of underestimate the impact of that. They underestimate the cost associated with living. And, you know, I'm very realistic about this. Who really wants to talk about not being able to toilet, transfer, bathe, have continence, or even have a cognitive 
cognitive impairment, not be able to, to take care of ourselves. But if you take away one thing from this call, I want you to take away the fact that we need to talk about this and we need to have the conversation with our families. So this was a study done by, in 2018, done by Queen Walden Associates, and they pulled over a thousand pre-retirees and retirees ages 55 to 75. And they asked, what's the biggest concern in retirement? And the two biggest concerns are number one, long-term care expenses, and number two, a market downturn. Because we've all worked so long and saved and we have buckets of money and we're planning, but one long-term care event with either a spouse or a family member can wipe out assets. And what if we have a long-term care event and a market downturn at the same time? So what's your long-term care plan? Most people will say to me, oh, I'm just gonna self-insure. I'm just gonna sell my house or I'm gonna sell some assets. And that's concerning because those, those resources can go quick. And with a couple, if the house is sold or the assets are spent down and then that spouse passes away, the concern is who's gonna take care of the remaining spouse and how's that remaining spouse gonna take care of? Usually herself, since you know, statistics show that women outlive men generally. And so it will be the woman that's left without any assets and trying to take care of herself. Um, if your long-term care plan is, to, is your family taking care of you, and usually, again, that's the oldest daughter, make sure you let them know that they are your long-term care plan and make sure it's okay with them because the last thing you want is for them to be surprised by that. And then there's some repositioning of assets. There's new ways with long-term care that you can reposition assets today to have a big bucket of long-term care benefits later on. And then I urge everyone, please write down your plan. It's important. Just as we're doing estate planning and we have a trust and a will, just get out a piece of paper and write down, do you want to stay home? Do you want to go to a facility? Do you want to take care of yourself? Do you want a stranger to take care of you? Do you want someone to come in? How do you, how do you envision that look? I think it's important. Okay, Han, I have a question for you. If I were to tell you that you had a 79% chance something happening to you, would you take that really seriously? That's kind of scary. <laughs> okay, so this is what's interesting. These statistics, so 58% of men and 79% of women aged 65 or older will need some sort of long-term care at some point in their life. And those numbers are huge, and I think it's because we're living a lot longer. Medical technology and just our health, people are living with diseases. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, things like that. And they're living a long life. And like I say, living is expensive. So it's something to definitely consider. It's not like just a small percentage of us are gonna need long-term care. It's, it's rather large. I think one of the big concerns is, the, is, is Alzheimer's. Living a long life. Alzheimer's patients can live anywhere from eight to 10 years um, on average. And that's a long time and, it, and it's not living where you can take care of yourself. Um, two, two out of three Alzheimer's patients are actually women. Women are more, more genetically predisposed to having Alzheimer's than men. And they don't really know why that is. And it could just be longevity because Alzheimer's or cognitive impairment. So um, the one thing that I want to show on this, this um, graphic here is just how Alzheimer's doesn't just affect the patient, it affects the caregiver. And when the caregiver is a loved one, and they call it a non-professional caregiver, that's when really things get sticky because the stress and depression and actually the decreased health of the caregiver can be very significant. 
So when we talk about long-term care, certainly I think most people think, well, I could self-insure or I can take care of a year or two. But with a long-term care event like an Alzheimer's or Parkinson's where the event can last maybe eight to 10 years, that's significant. This is just another um, statistic infographic that came from Lincoln and it talks about women have a higher incidence of needing care. If anybody's been to a nursing home, you'll probably realize that most of the nursing home is filled with women. Non-ace nursing home is all women. I think Mike and another guy and a couple other men, but that's it. Everybody else is a female in that nursing home. And then, like I said, women are more genetically predisposed to developing Alzheimer's disease. So the reasons, the reasons for planning. Uh, number one, like I said, living is expensive. Living a long life costs money. Um, statistics show women outlive men, and we need to protect against that catastrophic stuff, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And I think we'll all agree that we want our independence, especially women. Women don't want to rely on someone else to do the bathing and the dressing and the toileting. We want to have independence. And then we also want to have choices. With proper planning, you can have choices and you can have a, live a long life and have it look like you want it to look. Um, quality of life, too. You want to have travel and lifestyle and retirement. And I think when I talk to women, women talk about the fact that they have this money set aside, but we don't want to live in fear that if you have a long-term care event, you need to save that money. Almost, you know, I, want, I really want to go to Australia and I want to travel, but I can't because if something happens to me, I need to save that money. If you reposition assets or you look toward a long-term care policy, that can alleviate that stress, and have, the, have you be able to travel and spend your money knowing that you have tax-free money coming into retirement. So proper planning alleviates stress with everything in our life. So the insurance world is changing. I think some people on the call will probably say, well, you know, I have friends that have long-term care insurance and it's bad. You're getting rate increases and it's not enough. And, and if they die without using it, then too bad. They don't get anything. It's just wasted money. But the new long-term care insurance is really an asset protection. It's leveraging assets today for a bigger bucket of money later on. So a medical event can deplete assets rapidly, and we don't want that. But there are ways to protect assets and families. And there are ways that two people joint can have long-term care benefits. And then, like I said, if you die without using those benefits, then there'll be a return of premium give it back. So it's going to pay out. And long-term care benefits are tax-free. I don't know any other way to get tax-free money. Having just done my taxes, I need to find ways. And then the power of leverage. So if we start the conversation and we look at what's available, I think that's important. Let's talk about a case study. So Joe and Mary came to me and they're 54 and 50, which is right on that cusp of, of being young, but really good planning. And the leverage, of course, the younger you are and the healthier you are, the more benefits you'll get. So don't wait until you're 80 years old to try to plan for long-term care insurance or long-term care planning. So Joe and Mary had three children, one in college and then two other children. Mary's mom is 81, has Alzheimer's disease. So it was right on her radar. She saw the impact and she was paying for her mother. So what Joe and Mary did is they repositioned $200,000 into a long-term care joint policy. It gave them at age 81, because it has 3% compound inflation, guaranteed on the, on the policy, over $19,000 per month tax-free when they're older. So they felt like that was a good investment of their own. They had all their investments, they had their house, they had all their other assets, but this was another bucket that they knew was gonna be their go-to bucket if one of them needs long. And then my next case study is Betty, and Betty's a single real estate agent without any children, 
And she came to me very concerned of who was going to take care of her. And she's a realtor, so her money is kind of fluctuating with coming in with if she sells a house or not. So she was able to commit $6,000 a year for 20 years. And so with that 3% compensation on her policy, she's able to have over $7,000 a month at age 85. And you know that, that 7,000 may not solve the entire long-term care need. We don't know. She may move to a less expensive place than California. But at least she knows she has a hunk of it covered, tax-free, to take care of herself. And she was really happy, and she felt like that was very comforting to her. So all of this long-term care is getting a lot of press. The Wall Street Journal had an article out last year in, 2000, in June of 2018, and it talks about long-term care insurance is not dead. It's a state planning tool, and it's, it's protection, protection of, for generations, protection for families, and it really needs to be looked at. And I can send anybody who wants a copy of this article. So like Hannah said, I'm an independent wholesale broker, which means that I have all the carriers and I am out there to support financial advisors, anyone that has clients and personal um, clients that just want to talk about the options available. I think as women, we always want to know what's out there. We don't know what we don't know. And the conversation is really important. So we do life, long-term care, disability, and just those four things. And the life and the long-term care is really where my focus has been. As a woman over 50, live, planning to live a long life and just wanting that independence. We look at the hybrid and we're looking at those two things together. So, and I also like being independent in that I can help everyone look at the entire market and see what's available. There's my email and my contact information. Tell me a resource if anybody wants to have a conversation. I am here. It's my passion, and I just love this industry. I love talking about living a long life, living a long life, and protecting ourselves too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dina. That was really informative. We have a couple of questions that came in, but we also want to hear from you if you haven't had a couple questions. So we'll get started with some of the questions that came immediately, and then um, if there's others that have come in, Nushi will let me know. Um, the first one that came in that I think is a really good question. For all of us, whether we are professionals serving with clients or just in general in our own lives, what's what's a way to start this conversation with our loved ones or our girlfriends or somebody with, or how do we have this discussion within our W source chapters um, without getting into the dark and scary? Uh, I personally was meeting with a client the other day, and um, it's a, a small business owner, and his daughter's taking over the business, and we were talking about key person insurance and the value of that and how you kind of think that through, but nobody wants to think about their child suddenly not being on the planet, especially if they're younger. I mean, that's a dark and scary place. So how do you kind of tiptoe into this, this, this subject that can often be so hard, hard to bring up? It is. You know, it's funny. When, I, when I'm talking to clients, I usually don't say long-term care insurance. What I'll say is, let's plan for when you're maybe a little bit older and you have trouble maybe tying your shoes getting your food and things like that. How do you want to see that, that phase of your life pan out? And when people can start talking about maybe needing a little bit of help, then they're a little bit more apt to say, okay, you know, you know do you want to, and, and you can even bring it up like, would you, would you prefer to stay in your house forever? And there are people that say, I want to die in this house, stay in this house. I do not want to go to a facility. So that's good to know too. So it's just, it's actually just part of the planning of, of living a long life. How do you see that happening and how do you want it to go? That's great. 
Um, do you have any suggestions if, if someone wanted to bring this to their WSEARCH chapter meeting and use it as an opportunity, either as a member spotlight or a discussion, because there's often times for optional content, are there some certain key points that everyone can kind of weigh in? I know that with all the different, um, you know, you've got an attorney and a CPA and, and maybe a senior living residential specialist, like we've got all these different facilities, you know, uh, people that can facilitate this discussion. What are some of the key points that you would think about that you could bring to the WSource meeting where everyone could kind of weigh in on their own expertise? Hmm. You know, what's interesting is a lot of people have had experience in this arena. Either they've had someone who maybe, maybe a grandparent who was older and ended up spending their entire estate. So that's, that's something that they've lived. They've also had people, clients of mine that have had their loved ones have to come live with them and the impact of that. Like my 50, 70, 90 story, um, where it was, it was really a juggling act. Who's going to pay for this? And now the rift between my mom and her brother. And how does that work? So I think that discussion is really important. But also opening up the discussion of, you know, it's, it's hard because people, people shut down, you know, especially the men. The men are immediately you know, cross their arms. Not going to happen to me. So I think what I would do is I would have the estate planning attorney talk in story. Have the estate planning attorney, maybe an estate planning attorney and the financial advisor get together and talk about clients, just like you said, you're talking about for business owners. But telling with stories, and you can even tell my story. Tell, you know, you heard this lady speak and she's 50 or mom's 70 and the grandma's 90 and impacted this entire family. And let's spread it out because I actually broke, broke the mold. I didn't have kids <laughs> in 20 year increments. I was 28 when I had my daughter. But if you start, you know, if you span, span that out, then you have someone, maybe the daughter is even younger with little kids. And then what if Nani needed to go live with that daughter because of demographics or something? So I would have everybody just talk from experience and stories. If you were to chapter, let's, let's talk about living a long life. How can we protect ourselves? How can we protect our parents? How can we protect our sisters and mothers and grandmothers and everything? And talk about what options are available. I don't think most people know the options that are available. When I meet with clients and I'm, and I'm partnered with financial advisors too, we, we talk about these ideas and, and we need to look at every single option. You know, is it a life insurance policy with a rider or is it a leverage play or is it a 10 pay or is it a single pay? There's so many different options. And I think just having the discussion about what's available. I would also encourage you to reach out to the Ask at the W Source listserv or email Nucci or I or even just reach out to Dina. Um, I know with my own family, my mom's on the East Coast. I'm in Santa Barbara, California. My One of my grandmas is in Southern California, and then I have another grandma on the East Coast. So sometimes, you know, families get spread apart, and we've become such a bigger world that if you need um, some recommendations for care facilities or different types of things, if you are going through this personally, I know that we have the resources within the W source to help with placement, elder care questions, litigation. I mean, there's a there's a huge element of law that needs to be taken care of as well, especially if someone's right. not incapacitated. Um, so feel free to, to reach out to us as well uh, as a group. Um, if you need resources, we don't want you to have to deal with this alone. There's a lot of great experts within the, the network. Absolutely. Comfort Keepers, I met with Cindy O'Brien. She is involved in the Alzheimer's Association, and so am I on our local chapter here in California. And she's going to come guest at our chapter. But when I had lunch with her, I mean, the, the statistics are huge. I mean, she's telling me that they're charging $27 an hour for a caregiver to come into a home. So if you do $27 an hour times if you need 24 hour care times seven days a week, that's upwards of $19,000 to have 24 7 care. And she said that's pretty much the going rate. 
Great. All right, we have two more time for a few more questions. Second to last question: Is long-term care expensive? Uh, great question. I think that it's a misnomer, and I think Dina, you can weigh in on that. Yeah, I think people think it is expensive, but not having long-term care can be expensive too. So it just depends, and it's really a function of premium. Like my my example, Betty, when she came to me, she just said, "I'm so sorry, I I don't have a lot of money. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford this." But we were able to come up with a plan that gave her money today and her premium dollars leverage for later on that was comfortable for her. So it's not expensive if you do it the right way. I mean, it's all a function of cream. That's great. And the last question, how old should you be to get a policy? Oh, that's good. You know, since I've been doing this, it's been getting younger and younger and younger. Now I would say 50 years old needs to start thinking about it. 50-year-olds, and 50-year-olds are going to get better leverage than, let's say, an 80 but you can get some form of a long-term care policy, whether it's tied with an annuity or tied with a life insurance product or different, different caveats of that, up to age 85, actually. Now, of course, an 84-year-old is not going to get the leverage that a 54-year-old is going to get. So I always say, think about it in terms of, you know, of course, the pricing is when you're younger and you're healthier. So you want to make sure you get it when you are younger and healthier. And it's not something, these policies are not just a given. Not like health insurance, where you can just automatically get the policy. We do get declined. And that the question I get often is, well, what if I waited five years? Well, okay, you're five years older, so your pricing is going to be different. But then also, we are assuming that you're going to be this healthy in five years. And sadly, as we all know, things happen every day. People get diagnosed with illnesses, things that would make them uninsurable. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Dina. That is all we have for today. If you'd like to know more about this presentation and how you can better plan for long-term care, please feel free to reach out to Dina or reach out to us at the W Source. Thank you so much. I'm Hannah Bushbaum. You guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Dina. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. This, along with future episodes, is available for download at thewsource.com. You're listening to the W Wisdom Series.